of chapter 9, and if you want to follow the print text, it's in the Church Bibles on page 974 and the Large Print Bibles on 1562. Verse 35 of chapter 9, the workers are few. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To ask uh, Carol and Ruth to well, come and sit at the front a little closer to the action. Well, you are the action from, for a little while now. Um, each term we have a Mission Sunday, and this in first sequence uh, we are looking at the major uh, elements which, over two years of reflection and prayer and discussion, the mission group with uh, Mike Norris have have focused on. So our last one was on our first theme of listening. In a world which is changing so fast, in a world where it's, it, it seems we are always behind what is, what is happening and where profound changes are taking place, um, it seems increasingly obvious that we need to be, as God's people, people who listen. People who listen to the world, people who listen to the world church, and people who listen to God. And so our first mission focus is around the theme of listening, and we focused on that uh, last term. The other thing we are focusing on is our mission partners, because we believe that as a, uh, as a church, and as a church in this particular place, in this particular town, uh, with the uh, global interest, connections, um, working context that many people have, we should be a church uh, that is engaged with the church around the world, uh, willing to be partners, willing to be supporters of God's mission in other places, sensitively and courteously, uh, and uh, listening to the church in each place. So that's our theme today. We have uh, eight mission partners with us during the day, and uh, we're trying to give them each a small window um, and this morning we have Carol with us, who's been a mission partner of St. Saviour's since about the time I was born, I think. Um, um, that's very ungracious of me, but <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly a very long time. Um, and, and also Ruth, and uh, we're going to give them uh, a window to say to us what being a mission partner and what their calling is essentially about. lovely to see lots of familiar faces. Um, when I came to this church in 1980, I came with a vision already. Are we there? 
It was a shock to see myself, I hope. We were there a moment ago. My vision was shaped by the fact that I came here after I had been a student at All Nations Christian College. Um, and what had taken me there was a vision for seeing people from every tribe and tongue and nation worshipping the Lamb who was slain. And I came here because God has a strange way of shaping all of us and called me, as one of my fellow students or nations said, to the great unwashed sea of students in the south of England. Um, and I came and uh, became part of St. Saviour's Church very rapidly. Today's not the day for that story, but you can ask upstairs if you like. Um, and I enjoyed being a real part of this church, including, I think, being one of the first people who would later be called interns or something, between being here and going out uh, to Pakistan. But all of that was fueled by knowing that the mission of God is a mission that is about all people from all places coming to personal relationship with Christ, being transformed, and as Andrew Walls, um, a, a much more aged person than I, he's now really has retired some time, uh, talks, uh, it's about people from all tribes and tongues and nations coming to know Jesus more fully by coming into encounter with each other as well. So all of that has fueled uh, my walk for beyond, I want to say it with that accent that lots of us will remember, 35 years, because that's how long I've been a mission partner from here. Um, but now, my walk after being in the Middle East and after being involved in certain other engagements with mission training, since 2013, I've been on the staff of All Nations Christian College, um, in where in Hertfordshire, back to my old college. I didn't think that would ever happen. It wasn't a plan of mine. Um, and um, today I'm at a college which is training people from all nations who then work cross-culturally amongst people of all nations all around the nations. Um, just for your information, on a table at the back is information about the main courses that are the long-term residential courses of one, two, three years up to bachelor and then MA and indeed 10-week courses. There's even a prospectus there for those of you who want to be there. Um, we do have retirees from time to time as well as 19-year-olds. Um, all the range, all the countries. Uh, also on the back, I think uh, Mike Gurkey and Andy have been on an express course. Um, but others of you may be interested to know that there is a five-day intensive course um, that goes on that helps to get deeper into what is involved in ministering cross-culturally and preparing one another for that. And you need to also know uh, about another short course that I manage and uh, look after that runs for 10 days in December, from the 8th to the 17th of December, that... Um, is on Islam and is probably the best 
intensive opportunity that you'd get in Europe of having people with real experience coming and teaching around the topic of Islam. So you can ask me about all of those, but that's my only little bit of um, external advertising. All Nations does a lot of things in order to prepare people for cross-cultural mission. And as I've said before, it prepares people from all nations uh, to train. When I left, or went to all nations, I expected that I would actually be immediately going into the Islamic world. That's probably because I kind of still bought into that idea that mission's something else and local churches do something else. And there's a kind of system when you're only doing mission if you're employed to be somewhere else in the world. Um, but I think lots of us here have been on that journey. Some of you are probably already ahead of me, those who, uh, of us who've known each other ever since I've walked into this building. Um, that everything that God is doing is about his mission to bring the love of Christ everywhere. And the world has changed enormously, of course, um, in those 35 years. The mix of cultures that we find around us uh, here in Guildford, or uh, certainly central London, but in my hometown of Lincoln now, it's, uh, the university has helped make it multicultural. Um, and I remember being put on internet and being helped to do so by this church uh, partway through this era. We did not know we could be so easily communicating around the world. It has changed. When I was at All Nation, our language was China was closed, Albania was impossibly closed, um, and Mongolia was impossibly closed up. I think I have, quite a long time ago, worshipped in a context with people from every nation in the world, uh, including some of the Arab world, places that were considered closed. And that's to do with God working, God completing his task. Um, and I taste that every day at All Nations as a part of this church, I have to say. So behind me on the screen, you can see three pictures. Uh, you can see a picture that uh, shows folks that uh, our, uh, we always have at least one multicultural night or uh, so a year people come in and they will see the gorgeous uh, clothes, but they will also see people from these multicultures. Here we've uh, merely got Singapore and mainland China and uh, Zimbabwe um, modeled for us there. But these people who are together getting uh, a clearer picture through their encounters, their agreements and their disagreements on gospel and Jesus Christ and how to share their face. Second picture was taken only a few weeks ago. It's in the British Museum. I teach Old Testament as well as anything to do with Islam. And uh, I took the people who are in their second year to the British Museum because I, 
because of the Old Testament course, we went around and uh, looked at things related to the Old Testament. That is the Cyrus cylinder. It looks big because of the way the angle, camera angle was. That's the, that's the bit that clearly tells you, yes, Cyrus did say that you, the Jews could go back to their homelands. That helps people from around the globe know something of the certainties of what is in the Old Testament. My job is to help uh, my students really get inside hearing how we interpret law in a world that is getting very muddled about law. We understand how the principle of Sabbath rest touches everything. We struggle with issues of gender from God's word. We struggle with how to apply into different contexts. The third picture there, uh, I am in it, but I'm crouching down behind two of my lads with a band around my head because we'd had a snowball flight in our tutor group time. Um, I am tutor, personal tutor to a handful of people, so I don't just stand in front. I'm actually there available for people to come and pray. And college is all about forming people from, uh, from the heart so that, in fact, our strapline, our description of ourself is that we are um, forming head, hand, heart. This is holistic training. It's not just didactive stuff from the front. Um, and I value your prayer as I make sure I'm giving time. My home is open. Um, we don't stick to our hours because that's not the nature of pastoral ministry. It's not just classroom. Um, so, I really don't wish to say a lot more as a catch-up now. That's where I am. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing as we continue together in this 35-year walk of discovering what being caught up in the purposes of God is all about. I thank you that your prayers are part of my energy as I am living in this amazing community with about 90 students at any one time, being stretched in all kinds of ways. Um, 10 minutes is a good opportunity to say, we're on the job, some of it's a challenge, there are new challenges every day, but, number two, yes, I've said what I was gonna say there. Yep. We're doing it that the nations might know and worship together. And if you ever want to come and visit, especially at one of our other events, you can get a special taste of the nations already doing some of their worshipping together. Thanks, Carol, very much. Come and uh, question her this afternoon at, uh, at tea time, three o'clock. Uh, Ruth. Ruth's been a mission partner for about eight years, I think. Eight, nine years? Thirteen. Good grief. <laughs> Thirteen. And has worked in uh, a number of places, uh, in Egypt, in Bethlehem, in Jordan, and now in Plymouth, in Devonport, uh, in a way which strangely brings together those, uh, those diverse experiences. So, Ruth, you. you're welcome. Thank you. It's Perhaps just after this, um, Les, would you like to come and pray just after this? Thank you. It's um, lovely that Carol's here, because I've met Carol at various points all over the world. And uh, now it's interesting that we're both working 
in the UK in very different roles from where we sort of met before. As Andy said, I was previously in the Middle East and now in Plymouth. Now, for, you know, some of you may say, what on earth are you doing down there? It's a beautiful country, a beautiful area where most people go on holiday on the way to Cornwall. But my question to you is, what does mission look like in a very disadvantaged area that's in a beautiful part of the country where churches are struggling, people are not interested in faith, and where poverty is the norm? For me, it was a huge culture shock. Perhaps the question is, what does mission look like in the UK? Or for me personally, what does mission look like in Devonport, where the dockyard is the main employer that has had many redundancies, thousands and thousands, meaning there's long-lasting unemployment. 30% of Devonport is unemployed. This impacts on our lives and on, on our life as a church. But as the reading showed today, perhaps this is where Jesus gets it right. He goes into the cities and villages. Mission in these places is about presence. It's about being there. It's not particularly about evangelism. Without sounding heretical, it's about being there and sharing your lives with people. We're trying to bring the kingdom of God into an area, and this starts with the people who are already there. One of the main principles of mission that I've learned is that you need to live in the place where you're working. Now, that may sound incredibly simplistic, but for me, that's the start of working in this community. And for me, it's also been quite a culture shock and out of my comfort zone. Forgive me for saying this, but I come from posh Guildford. This is not Devonport. Jesus had compassion for these people, and that's what we need to have. So what is the message of the gospel for these people? The real message, the first message we have to say to them is that they're loved. And these people struggle with everyday living, unemployment and financial challenges as a result of decisions that are not theirs. We need to show compassion and work alongside these people. Just briefly, we had a, a very serious fire in a block of flats just open the door for the church to get in there. Where in the, in the last few months, we've been struggling to find a place to open a door for us to go. One of the things I'm involved with is a work club. Long-term unemployed is very um, lack of self-worth. It's, it's horrible. And yet we provide a place not only where we look for jobs or help people train or give them interview skills, we give them a cup of tea and a piece of cake. And I have to tell you about a girl who came to us, offered tea and cake on, on arrival, you know, come upstairs, tea cake. And she said, do I have to pay? Because everything in life you have to pay for. And we had to convince her that it was free and it's just cake. We live in a world that gives very little for free. Our work club is held in a local library, which is also the church. For me, this is the community, the church in the community. With a lot of regeneration money, we were able to convert an old Georgian church. Um, if you want to uh, ask someone who's visited, Andy's been to see us and seen how we work. It's small, but it's in the community, and very much the church is there. We use it on a Thursday for our communion service, which is our main service. Um, small but enthusiastic congregation for people that are quite 
damaged in lots of ways. But it's where that we seek to find Christ. One of those questions that we ask ourselves for anybody who's involved in any kind of pioneer work is, how do we bring faith into these communities? These people often disillusioned with life, never mind the church, but we need to have this witness. And again, it gets back to that point about presence, being amongst the people, and this is our, in a small way we can bring Christ to them. Jesus talks in that reading about harvest. Our harvest is on our doorstep, yours and mine, wherever you are. And some of us are not very far from our neighbours. And we need to show that this is how we can bring them, how to love them and be part of that community. There's lots I could say about Devonport, and I feel that my life there has been a challenge, but good. And looking at ways we need to bring Christ into deprived communities. Please feel free afterwards to chat, because um, some of us can get quite enthusiastic about it. Thank you. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. Our Father in heaven, at this time of harvest, we give you thanks for all your provision for us. We thank you for all the benefits we enjoy in this country, and we praise you for your love and goodness. But we well know that in this country and elsewhere, there are those who live in need and poverty. We pray for the many relief agencies working around the world, and we especially remember the work of Tear Fund and Christian Aid. Please guide and direct the ways of these organisations that funds and people's energy will be well used to bring relief where it is most needed. We pray that as a result, hearts will be gladdened and faces made to shine. We remember the authorities in Europe grappling with the migrant crisis and pray for understanding and wisdom for them and the people of the countries affected. We remember in our own country the unemployed and those facing cuts in benefits. We pray for those communities where many are losing jobs in the steel industry. We pray for the work of our own food banks here in Guildford. May your church be ready to provide help and support to those in need. A prayer for the persecuted church. Heavenly Father, we remember before you those of your children who take real risks to meet and worship you today in countries where Sunday worship meetings 
are often targeted in violent attacks. We thank you for the courage of those who set off for church on a Sunday morning, not knowing if they will come home again in the evening. We pray also for their pastors and ministers who are a prime target for anti-Christian violence. May their lives and words encourage the Christians in their flocks to stand firm, trust in you, and not give way to fear. Watch over your people, we pray, and give them grace to love their neighbour who may be hostile to them. We pray for all St Saviour's mission partners around the world. We ask you to protect and keep them and give them your peace. Guide and bless them in their ministries and fill them with your Holy Spirit and your grace as they seek to share the good news of Jesus. We pray for those who are sick in body or mind. We particularly remember those injured in the road accident in Guildford on Friday, and we pray that you will fully restore them. And we bring before you now those of our congregation, friends and family who need your healing touch. And finally, Lord, help us to be your faithful servants. We pray that all gifts of food given here will be well used to provide for the needy in Guildford. Help us to abide in you, that our lives may reflect your love and bear fruit for your kingdom. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you hear us when we call to you. And so we ask all these things in the name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.